0: Top of the inning to you. Welcome to the Irish Baseball Podcast, brought to you by the Irish American Baseball Society. If you love baseball and if you love Ireland, stay tuned for a discussion of all things Irish baseball.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 49 of the Irish Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Becker. On today's show, I'm welcoming an old friend of mine. We worked together at the Radio Pennsylvania Statewide News Network when I served as the sports director. He's had a long career working in sports, including covering teams in San Francisco, Pittsburgh, and Las Vegas. He's been to 21 straight Super Bowls and has a great story about visiting Ireland for American football. His name is Sean McCullough. Thank you for joining us, Sean. Thank you, Rick.
0: Glad to join you, man.
1: So we're going to cover a lot of different things over the course of this conversation, but you actually got into sports from kind of a back channel way. You've been doing this for a really long time working in sports broadcasting, but it wasn't like you set out for this for a career. Like you just kind of almost fell into it a little bit. Could you explain how that happened?
0: Yep, yeah, exactly. I was I was living in the San Francisco Bay Area. It was 1998, right? And I was in I was in computers. I graduated computer science, and I love like sports, and of course my my career was was computers. I wanted to try to find a way to combine computers with sports, basically. So I found a little uh, article on link. It said, Stats Incorporated, we need reporters. I'm like, interesting, okay, what do they do? So basically, they just collect statistics for sports, which go real time to the internet. And uh, there was a link. It said, apply to be a reporter. So I clicked on it and got an email address of a guy. I emailed him, and he ended up calling me, and he's like, Sean, I have two questions for you. He's like, one, do you have a laptop? And it's funny. Now we talk about this because back in the, like 1998, <laughs> not everybody had a laptop. So I'm like, yeah, I have a laptop. He's like, two, do you know sports? I'm like, yes. He's like, great. I need you in San Francisco starting this season, collecting statistics, statistics for us for the 49ers game. I'm like, awesome. Cool. It was basically as simple as that. So that's how I started working. And then a week, a week later, he called me. He's like, man, you got lucky. He's like, our our Raider guy is leaving town. He's like, do you wanna do Raider games too? So basically 1998, I started doing uh, Raiders Niners games. So I was at a football game every weekend from September until December. And so that's kind of how I started getting into it was collecting statistics for Stats Incorporated. And then through the business, you you know, you get in the press box, you start meeting people and word of mouth and I started helping out people. So I started stringing for Associated Press. And after I did my statistics, Went down a locker room and got uh, audio for Associated Press and transcribed that and gave it to the AP writer and he wrote the story. So that's kind of how I got into you know I got into a statistics and then I you know kind of merged over into the radio arena after that. Yeah.
1: And then we actually became coworkers slash friends when you moved over to Pennsylvania and you started doing a lot of Pirates, Steelers, Penguins. Pitt football, Penn State football. You just started doing everything. When I was working at a company called Radio Pennsylvania, and you started working for us, we needed somebody immediately. And everybody said this Sean McCullough guy is a real good dude. So you have been working that aspect of Pittsburgh sports for a long time now.
0: Yeah, I moved back to Pittsburgh in 2008. Wanted to try to find a way to you know get into you know, covering in Pittsburgh. And one of my good friends who really mentored me was Ryan Leong out in the San Francisco Bay area. He kind of hooked me up with you, I think, and put me in touch with you. And um, yeah, one of our other reporters was leaving and going to, so yeah, so that's kind of how it really worked is, you know, I got hooked up with you and then 2008, I started covering all of the Pittsburgh sports for radio Pennsylvania.
1: So now getting into the Ireland aspect of it, I wanted to talk about this particular trip because I remember getting the credentials for you so you could do this trip and everything. And it was, I believe the first game of the James Franklin era at Penn State was actually played at Croke Park in Ireland. It was one of those games where they tried to promote American football over in Ireland and they sent Penn State and Central Florida out there. And you took the time not just to see the game and cover the game, which was cool, but you also spent a lot of time in Ireland and you got some really cool experiences out of that.
0: Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, I uh it was actually my dad and I went and this was kind of one of those, you know, my dad wanted to go back to his, you know, ancestry. He'd never been to Ireland. He's part Irish. You know, he wanted to go back and he wanted to see all of Ireland. So what we did was we ended up flying into um Dublin. We worked the game, or I, I worked the game for uh, you know the Penn State UCF game, and then we rented a car and we just drove all of Ireland, you know, up the northern part. We actually went to Northern Ireland, then came back to Ireland, and then around the northern part of Ireland, down the west side, south side, and then up up the east side. So we saw you know a lot of the country, and it was it was just fabulous. And and his his family, we went back and we you know researched where he was from, and he was from like the Donegal area. So we went up there, and we found it's funny because we actually found a restaurant that his late, you know, ancestors way back in the day owned. And we went to that restaurant, and um, it was just it was it was just great, to, you know, for him to be able to go back and see, you know, where he came from, basically. So you know, we made probably about a week's trip of that after we you know worked the Penn State UCF game.
1: I also remember, just because we're Facebook friends, I remember seeing some of the pictures that you took while you were there, and you did a lot of golfing with your dad.
0: We flew into, um, into England. Before he got in, I went to, there was, an, there was an annual concert called the Leeds Festival. So I went to the Leeds Festival in Leeds, England. My dad flew in, um, and I met him, and then we drove up to Scotland. We actually played the old course at St. Andrews. Won the lottery and got on the uh, on the old course at St Andrews and you know my dad you know is a big golfer and you know back in those days he he just he loved it it was just you know highlight of his life just to you know be able to play on the old course and yeah so that was that was you know just being with my dad and experiencing that was just was just fabulous so yeah we played that and we went to a couple of places um, uh, Glasgow and then we flew from Glasgow to Dublin um, and then that's when we started our our uh, Ireland trip from there so yeah it was. All around was great because yeah, you know, I got to experience all that with my dad, and he got to you know see his ancestry and where his you know family came from and all of that. And it was it was just a you know great experience all around. And Penn State won, so that was a uh, you know another another great uh, <laughs> part of the trip.
1: We should mention that Sean is a Penn State alumni, so he is definitely all about following the Nittany Lions. You will go to away games sometimes. You go to the bowl games whenever possible. The two of us actually got to cover the Rose Bowl together back in, I want to say that was 2017. It was the 2016 season. And it was the Rose Bowl was in 2017 against USC. That was one of those experiences, man, that you're just never gonna forget.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was the year Penn State uh, didn't make the playoffs. Ohio State, oh, they won the Big Ten championship. Penn State won the Big Ten championship, and Ohio State made the uh, playoffs. So Penn State got to go to the Rose Bowl. Yeah, and that was, I had a great time hanging out with you, and we, uh, you know, we did, uh, we did some good work there. Yeah, it was, it was fun.
1: And I want to get back to that Ireland trip because not only did you get to see Penn State UCF, you worked that game at Croke Park, but then you were treated as media to a GAA match. What was that like to... See this sport in person, where everybody was just going nuts for it, but you kind of had no idea what was happening.
0: Oh, that's crazy! Because the day before, yeah, I worked the the Penn State um, UCF game, and one of the coordinators for the uh, the it's the Gaelic football. Is that correct? Yes, correct term. Yes. Yeah, the Gaelic football. One of the coordinators came up to said, "You know, you guys are you know uh, media at you know the Penn State UCF game." You know, do you want tickets for tomorrow's semi-final game? For, you know, for the Gaelic football. And I look at my dad, and I'm like, "Um, okay, well, you know, we'll check it out." We had no idea what it was. Well, you know, what was going on? And you know, we get up the next morning. We walk over to you know to Crook Park, and because we our hotel was pretty close by there, and it was was within walking distance. So we walk over, and you know, there's people. Uh, I, there was specifically one guy, and it's not. I don't know if it's necessarily Irish, but a guy with a bagpipe and he was playing music and stuff like that. And um, But I mean, that was kind of cool, but, you know, so my dad got a picture with him and it was just, the atmosphere was just fabulous and we get in there and it's just jam packed people and crazy. And you know, totally different from the day before the American, you know, college football that, you know, that we, that I worked and we saw, but, and it was just amazing just to see, uh, you know, the fans and, you know, just trying to understand the sport too, because, you know, of course, what, we don't know, or I didn't know really much about, you know, Gaelic football, but you know, before that. And uh, yeah, so my dad and I just had a blast and enjoyed it. And, you know, I remember, yeah, after that game, then we just, then we got in the car and we, the next day we you know started our journey after that, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a great experience. yeah A lot of fun.
1: So were there a lot of Irish people at the football game or was it more Penn state and UCF fans who made this part of a vacation from what you saw. Was there a lot of hype in Ireland for American football, or was it more just Americans coming over for a vacation?
0: I mean, there were a select few, you know, Irish that were there, but I think it was more of just people traveling from you know, I don't I'm not I'm trying to remember if it was even I don't think it was even sold out, to be honest. But um yeah, I don't I, I don't think it was, but you know, you, you had your 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 spattering of uh, you know the Irish people there, but it was more of just uh, Penn State and UCF bands coming over and making a trip of it and and all of that, yeah.
1: And since we worked together at Radio PA, you have really expanded your reach now because you are now almost a network in and of yourself. You are in Las Vegas covering sports. You have people covering sports for you in Pittsburgh still. Now that Las Vegas is starting to become a real hub of professional sports, you have the Raiders now, the Golden Knights. There's even a lot of hype for the Aces in the WNBA, and you're working all of that. What is it like watching this sports scene kind of be created in Vegas? It's, it's awesome.
0: I mean, it's great for the, for Las Vegas itself. Yeah. I mean, I, I cover the, the aces during the summertime, because that's you know, pretty much my downtime from covering, you know, the Steelers and, you know, Penn States and, you know, I'll cover the golden Knights while I'm here, um, you know, during the, during the spring. Um, but yeah, I'll get to every WNBA game, the, the aces and they're so much fun to watch. And it's, I think it's a great league. And so, yeah, but it, I mean, it's great for the city and um, you know, now we have the golden Knights, we have the Raiders here. We have WNBA, you know, uh, there's a lot of talk about NBA coming here and, uh, you know, baseball team coming and, you know, I don't know how the market will handle, a, you know, a baseball team or I don't know if they have enough locals that can that can support, you know, that many games. And Of course, they'd have to have an indoor, you know, uh, stadium for that. So who knows? But, you yeah, know, it's 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 good for this area. You know, it's, re- it's really good to, you know, have these teams coming in and um, the support that, you know, they get from the, you know, Las Vegas area.
1: So obviously, as somebody with zero inside information, but all of the rumors about the Athletics moving to Las Vegas, are you maybe not one hundred percent as sold on that as being the best idea? Like you seem to have a little bit of hesitation about it.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm not totally sold, to be honest. I mean, we've had those rumors for you know, two plus years now of you know them knocking down a casino and building a you know a stadium and you know or a ballpark for baseball. And you know, again, of course it has to be indoors because you know we have 110, 115 degree summer days here, right? And there's just no way a you know a baseball team could play outdoors. Although they I mean they do have the the A's AAA affiliate here. They play outdoors. So um, you know, I guess they can strategically plan it at night, you know, night games and things like that. But you know, who knows? But you know, I would think they would have to build an you know an indoor ballpark for you know for the baseball team here. But you know, I'm not totally sold that's you know, they can get the support that they need from Las Vegas locals enough, you know, financially, you know, to fill a ballpark here because, you know, now it's getting saturated with, you know, you got Raider fans, you got, you know, Golden Knights. Golden Knights are going to be the number one team here just because they started as a brand new team and they were the first team here in Vegas, first professional team here, you know, they had the uh, October 1st tragedy here that kind of brought the city together with the Golden Knights. So you know, Golden Knights will always be the number one team here, you know, regardless of of who comes in. Right. I mean, they're even the the number one team over the Raiders at this point, you know, in, in my opinion, you know, you get a lot of the external, the people coming from LA and Oakland coming for Raider games and things like that. But, you know, I, I, and I just don't know how baseball would really work here and, you know, in Las Vegas, but you know, it'd be nice to have them.
1: I would imagine they would at the very least have to do a retractable roof like they have. Down in Arizona, where they have basically the same problem, where you have those summer days where it's 120, 115, and you can't, even if the players could handle that, you're not going to get enough fans to show up in those conditions. I live in the Tampa Bay area, and they have to have a dome here just because you won't get any fans. Not that they get a ton of fans now, but you won't get a lot of fans if. They have to sit out in those conditions. What do you think about the NBA coming to Las Vegas? Cause I think that would make an awful lot of sense because that feels like it would be an NBA town and you don't have 81 home games a year. You just have, you know, 41 and that's a big difference.
0: Right? Yeah. I I think that would really work well here. And from the talks of it, they're going to be expansion teams and they would be True brand new teams or a brand new team here in Vegas. Right. So, you know, and as, like I said, as we saw with the golden Knights, you know, brand new teams, you know, brings a a more solid fan base. Right. So, you know, I, I think, I think NBA will definitely work here fairly well without a doubt.
1: And your career in sports actually started before you ever started getting paid in it, because when you were at Penn state, was actually the last time they won a national championship in football. What was the atmosphere like when you were attending Penn State and they won that big national championship beating Miami, I believe it was, correct?
0: It was, yes, yep. Um, The funny thing is my sister went from 82 to 86. Her freshman year in 1982, they won the national championship in the Sugar Bowl against, cannot remember, but... Is her that freshman Georgia? Year, I think so. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So her freshman year, they won a national championship. I started there in 86 and I saw the national championship over Miami. And um, yeah, that was just such an amazing experience. I remember our last home game. Can't remember who we played. We won our last home game. All of the students went up to uh, Beaver stadium that evening after they won the, they won the, uh, they won the game broke into Beaver Stadium, tore down the goalposts, and carried the goalposts down through like State College down the street. And it was just a, you know, just a great memory. You know, it was just amazing.
1: Just looked it up, that 81 championship, which finished in the 82 Sugar Bowl with a 27 23 win over georgia so georgia i was able to look that one up for you and then beating miami famously in a defensive battle 14 to 10 in the fiesta bowl for your national championship there and then there was a little bit of a drought for you
0: (laughs) and we haven't seen one since
1: Sean McCullough, thank you so much for joining me. I know that you're actually under the weather right now, so I really, really appreciate you taking the time and fighting through the pain to talk to us about sports for a little bit.
0: Awesome. Thank you. It was good talking with you, Rick.
1: With the holidays quickly approaching, there isn't a lot of time to waste to get your gear from the Irish American Baseball Society. Go to irishbaseball.org for jerseys, t-shirts, caps, and more. We will be back on December 19th for a milestone episode. Until then, I'm Rick Becker, and this has been episode 49 of the Irish Baseball Podcast.
0: Thanks for listening to the Irish Baseball Podcast. The Irish Baseball Podcast is a production of the Irish American Baseball Society. Visit us online at irishbaseball.org and connect with us on social media. And remember, there's no place like home.